as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Alright everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson. I am still alive. Yeah, of, uh, also Big Shiny <laughs> Robot. Yes, I'm still alive. Yes. The hospital did not kill me. The hospital didn't kill you, but the lack of Wi-Fi almost did. <laughs> it almost did. So apologies for missing the last week. Um, had a little tiny bit of a health scare, just a little uh, infection in my lower leg that kind of went crazy, and uh, hospital wanted to keep me for like a week and a half. So apologies, no, um, no episode last week, but we're back and we're in full force this week, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going. So. Yeah. Um, and honestly, nothing came out last week. Everything was scared of Batman v Superman. Uh, so even though it dipped 60-some-odd percent in the second week, uh, everything ran away from it. So trust me, you didn't miss anything last week. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I missed all of my press I missed all of my press screenings, which I was really sad about. So I have less to talk about. But you got to see this movie that, that I did not, that I kind of wanted to. Uh, yeah, The Boss. The Boss is Melissa McCarthy's new movie. Uh, it's directed by her husband, Ben Falcone. I'm sure his last name is actually pronounced Falcone, but saying it that way makes him sound like a Batman villain, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, um, yeah he's super cool. <laughs> anyways, so Melissa McCarthy plays Michelle Darnell. Uh, she grew up in a Catholic orphanage, and there's a running gag at the beginning that she keeps on getting adopted and then brought back. And this happens into her adult life. Because uh, <laughs> basically no one wants her. Uh, she's brash. She's, she's well, Melissa McCarthy, kind of the roles she's known for. So she uh, gets older and she decides, hey, I'm going to be do this on my own. I'm going to become a powerful woman. And sure enough, she does. She becomes a CEO. She writes books. Uh, it opens up with her doing a seminar, telling people how to get rich. Um, but she's kind of doing it a little bit illegally. Uh, she gets busted at the very, very beginning by her jilted ex-lover slash rival, Renault, uh, who's played by Peter Dinklage, who unfortunately gives us kind of the same grading performance we got in Pixels, but we'll talk about that later. Um, he turns her in to the SEC, and she gets put in jail, and four months later is released and finds out all of her assets have been frozen. She's penniless, living on the street, so who can she turn to? Uh, actually, the only person left who even cares about her is her ex-executive uh, assistant, Claire, who's played by Kristen Bell, who is absolutely amazing, and we love her. She agrees to let uh, Michelle crash in her couch until she kind of gets things together uh, and gets back on her feet. Uh, through all this, uh, you know, Claire's daughter, who's played by Ella Anderson, is in this kind of Girl Scouts knockoff type thing, and they're selling Girl Scout cookies, and... Um, <clears throat> Basically, Michelle finds out that they're not making any money off this, that the girls are being sent to camp, which none of the girls want, and come to find out Claire is an excellent baker. So Michelle partners up with Claire and decides to make their own little baking company to rival the, the little Girl Scouts and actually give money back to the girls to go to college and set up a college fund and in their own way make a lot of money themselves. And then wackiness ensues. You know, of course, we see predictably that they start to be nice to her. She doesn't like family. They break up. Peter Dinklage comes back. It's it's a very predictable mess. Um, the biggest, biggest problem with The Boss is that it doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. Uh, 
there's a lot of really funny, raunchy, R-rated comedy in there. And then the next second, they're kind of tugging your heartstrings and making you get, aww. And it's so schizophrenic that it doesn't, you never know if they're being sentimental to make you laugh or make you have the feels. Um, it, just, it jumps around so much, you never really know what to do. And also for a comedy, there's a lot of times when you're just sitting there waiting for a laugh. Um, this isn't to say there's not <clears throat> a lot of jokes or side gags, because there really are. But uh, I'd say 70% of them fall flat, and you just, they're not funny. Um, so it's, yeah, and honestly, you know, Melissa McCarthy is great when she's reined in and kind of given a focus. Um, Paul Feig does that perfectly with her, like he did in Bridesmaids and Spy. Her husband kind of lets her go full McCarthy, and that's funny for the first three or four times, but by the time you're an hour into the movie and it's happened for the last 40 minutes, it really gets old and stagnant, so she just needs someone to rein her in and kind of, you know, take control of the situation. Well, um, and this is what's so strange to me because the two of these teamed up previously for Tammy, yeah. which I thought was an unwatchable piece of garbage. I love Melissa McCarthy oh, me so too. much. And, and, you know, and she was making the talk show rounds today and said, oh, I'm I'm going to make it into the Gilmore Girls reunion. And, like, uh, they ha had to come check my heart matter because I would have lived me But I was so excited about that. Not really. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I love Melissa McCarthy. And I don't get this, how her own husband, like, can write the most banal material possible well, for her. Well, and she helped write this, too. So it's partially her fault as well. Yeah, I just, I feel like she does very well like you said when she's more focused um uh saint vincent is a very good example of this she she has a fairly small part but she gets to act opposite bill murray she does really well she's funny she's heartfelt uh there's some drama there and i don't want to say you know it's, uh, it's it's very obvious melissa mccarthy can carry her own movie you mentioned spy um, I just, you know, it's sad that, like, I feel like they should be able to come up with, like, the perfect thing for her, and yet, uh, and yet they can't. So, I'm, I'm really sorry to, to see that and hear that. Yeah, it's, and the thing that's, I, it's really annoying, too, because, uh, you know, Kristen Bell and her daughter, Ella Anderson, they, they have a, they give great performances. I know some people are kind of riding on Kristen Bell because, you know, we've seen her be kind of more of a badass, like in Veronica Mars. And she's very much more subdued in this one. But I'm sorry, she's an actress. That's their job, is to play different types of roles. You don't need to have... Yeah. It'd be like saying that, you know, Angelina Jolie needs to be Laura Croft in every single movie she's in. No, they're, that's not the point. Um, but they have great chemistry together. They're charming, they're sweet. And that's, again, there's a good message about family. And they have great interactions with Melissa McCarthy. And it's really, really, and I really wish Brooks, uh, Brooke could have been here because uh, I know she's had some errands to run. Um, this movie is awesome because there is great, strong female characters and the female interactions in this are, with very, very few exceptions, and the exceptions are played for laughs, are not about a guy. Um, in fact, there's only, well, Peter Dinklage is the jilted ex-lover and there's that kind of side note weird thing um but the love interest in this is played by tyler labine who we all know is dale from tucker and dale versus Yay. and we love him and he's amazing and it's so fun because 
dude, he's he's just a, a hefty dude, and he, you know, he's kind of nerdy and you know whatever. But he's so just he's got that you know ah shucks kind of charm to him, and you know they go on a date, and at the end when the movie literally turns into a Japanese samurai movie, it's weird. Trust me. <laughs> The last 20 minutes this movie goes off the rails like you would not believe. Um, he comes in and he, he's dressed up like as a chicken or something like that with balloons and he like hits on this gay dude and there's there's jokes about him hooking up with him and he's like, no, 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 that's not gonna happen. And it's, he plays it for laughs so well, but he's just this charming guy who really, you know, he's not trying to get in Kristen Bell's pants. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a side note. He's the best part of the movie to be honest because he's just so hilarious. But it was really cool to see just, you know, a strong female cast that wasn't about men. So I mean, this passes the Bechdel test like you would not believe. Um, so yeah, so there's 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 good stuff in it, and then it just it's so Melissa McCarthy being crazy and just out there. Um, I really wanted to like it more, <clears throat> and actually I would have given it a higher score except for the last 20 minutes when again it becomes a samurai movie, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, so I'm at a five right now. Again, it's not horrible. It's not the greatest thing. And honestly, I think once Ghostbusters comes out, we're gonna look back and be like, "What the boss? What was that?" You know, it's, well, it's, it's gonna be forgettable. Exactly. No one remembers Tammy except for people like us who remember it for being just an awful like dumpster fire of a for being movie. stuck watching. So, yeah. You know, we remember Spy, and we remember uh, other great films that that she's done. So yeah, bring on Ghostbusters and. Uh, um, I don't know. As people are going to see this, though, it actually looks like it's beating um, Batman v Superman this week. Yeah, of and, all again, the it's, craziness, right? It's not horrible. It's it's a definitely different type of movie than what's been at the box office for the last couple weeks, and that's fine. It just it's it's just frustrating when you, you see the potential of the movie you could have, and then it just kind of trips over its own feet. Um, and Paul Feig, because I know you listen to the podcast. Uh, you and Melissa yep. McCarthy should just make movies together forever until you both die, because <laughs> you guys are at your best when you're working together. Um, you know how to direct a strong female cast. You know how to get the best out of Melissa McCarthy. Um, so I'm very, very excited for Ghostbusters. Uh, ben Falcone, you were funny in your little bit parts, but you should just stay behind the scenes and maybe watch her movies and not direct them. Yeah, or be like, uh, I thought his best role was as the as the air marshal in, oh, yeah, in Bridesmaids. And he, like, that a, was hilarious. He has a cameo in this as her lawyer, and he's funny. And she gets to hit him in the face with a bunch of tennis balls. Um, so he definitely has comic timing, but that's in front of the camera, not behind it. Yeah, then, and you look at some of his other behind the camera work, and it's like, uh, what what is that? He's just not that into you, I think, was his other major, like... I, I actually didn't you know, even see that one, so I, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, no, no need. So, um, but that tells you kind of, kind of where this is going, yeah, but, so. oh, well, um, however, this week, most of the country finally got to see, uh, what I think is one of the best movies of the year so far and definitely the best sci-fi movie of the year so far. And that's midnight special. Um, I came out of, uh, South by Southwest and every time I was in line at South by everyone's like what's the best thing you've seen and I kept saying midnight special midnight special midnight special hands down um, I just couldn't stop raving about this movie because it is the kind of intense smart sci-fi uh, that that we've gotten in the past that uh, really harkens back to um, kind of 
80s kid centric sci fi, mm -hmm. uh, kind of that whole ET uh, exactly feeling. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I was feeling the yeah. whole time. I was like, this is like ET for this generation. Yeah, ET, close encounters, and then you get some of the more uh, social layered uh, sci fi of the 60s and 70s, your day the earth stood still, uh, your night of the living dead and and so on and so forth just it it really runs right down that line between being entertainment and also making you think uh this is um you you don't need to know a whole lot about this movie uh if you've seen the trailer that's about all you need to know uh we open up and uh we see a tv report there's an amber alert out on this kid alton uh, who is played by Jaden Lieberner, uh, who we we mentioned Saint Vincent. He was the kid in Saint Vincent. If uh, if if you like that movie, he is the main kid here. Uh, and we see his dad, played by uh, General Zod himself, Michael Shannon. Uh, Even before uh, Zod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he the kid's underneath a blanket reading a comic book with goggles on and. Uh, reading by flashlight, and he and Joel Edgerton say, okay, are you ready to go? And they scoop him up and run out to a car at twilight uh, where they take off in the middle of the night in a car uh, running with no headlights and trying to evade someone. Who are they trying to evade? Well, we find out that they kidnapped him uh, from an unnamed religious cult out in the middle of Texas. Uh, which bears a very striking resemblance to the Warren Jeffs yearning for Zion Ranch uh, FLDS compound you know, out not in the, the middle Mormons. there. Yeah, then not the Mormons. <laughs> and uh, but um, it it turns out their prophet has been sprinkling into his sermons classified information uh, that they have been getting from this young kid. So in drops the FBI, and they're like, uh, we're here investigating all of these weapons you've been caching. Actually, they're looking for this kid. And uh, on top of all this, they bring in an NSA signals analyst uh, who was played by Adam Driver, um, trying to figure out what the heck is going on, how this cult found out all of this classified information, and how it's been ending up. Uh, in uh, in this this preacher's ramblings that he's been given. Well, they want the kid, the, the FBI wants the kid back, the cult wants the kid back, and they dispatch some of their heavies to go out after them. And the chase is on as uh, they go out trying to uh, trying to get him back from from Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton. Uh, we don't exactly know exactly what his powers are those are kind of revealed as we as we go on uh through the, the narrative um but we know that they're a little bit destructive and they're a little bit dangerous and uh we see exactly what happens when he gets out and starts interacting with people and uh what happens when uh he sees so on and so forth so uh, really just cool filmmaking as uh, we have this kind of, there's three layers to this as I see it. The first is it's a really simple chase movie uh, with people trying to 
chase down this kid uh, who has some special powers. We don't know exactly why. The second layer is a really beautiful story about family and the lengths that family will go to to protect their children. Uh, I should also mention that that Kirsten Dunst shows up here as, uh, as yeah, old Snaggletooth shows up, almost unrecognizable because uh, she's wearing no makeup and, uh, and she's actually you know, acted her ass off, and she does a good job as well. Exactly, and and she she delivers the best performance in, that in 10, 15 years, I'd say. Oh yeah, um, easily. Yeah, and she's really great in this. And, uh, you know, they're trying to protect their son from these various disparate interests who want him for their own reasons. And the third reason, or the third level, is this is where sci-fi fans are going to go crazy. Uh, as you learn more and more about the extent of Alton's powers and what is going on, there is a lot in here to digest. It's a really cool uh, thing. Is it is it aliens? Is it is it something else? You don't know. You'll find out. It's really beautiful how it gets revealed, and this ending will just blow your mind. You're gonna absolutely love it. Uh, along with that, I mentioned before the. Um, the really beautiful social commentary in here. Just the same way that the day the earth stood still really brought up issues about like the cold war and mutually assured destruction. Uh, this has a lot to say about our modern surveillance state and information that gets out there and how the government gets really, really scared uh, when the things that they thought were secret are no longer secret and the lengths that they're willing to go to to try and protect that. Uh, this gets very interesting uh, when we think about what would happen if the security and surveillance state that has been set up kind of gets its apple cart knocked over. Uh, you know, the way, the same way we've seen with like WikiLeaks and, uh, you know, Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning. Uh, Edward Snowden and so on and so forth. This movie has a lot to say about that. And I just, I found this movie so satisfying on every level and just a beautiful, gorgeous film that uh, uses darkness and light, uh, not only in, in telling the story, um, but as a really beautiful metaphor for what's going on in the film and the narrative itself. Yeah, when you, the whole time you were talking, I was immediately thinking of Edward Snowden and everything with that. And yeah, it's, there's a great theme in here running that people are always scared of something that they don't understand. Um, and in this sense, the government is scared because like you said, their, their quote unquote secret messages are getting leaked. Um, and then everyone who meets this kid at first is kind of scared of him as well. Like even, um, I won't say it's kind of a spoiler, but uh, a certain character who's been looking for him finally meets him, and he's scared because the kid has these powers and can do weird things. And then he has this thing where he shows them something, and all of a sudden, everyone who sees it is just like, "Yes, I have to go help you," and I have to do whatever it takes to get to get to you to where you need to be and or what you need to accomplish. Um, I was a big fan of Tomorrowland, and 
as even though it had some flaws, this movie is what Tomorrowland should have been. Yeah, because this it's uh, it, it's it's not, it's not even structured the same or even the same plot line, but there are certain themes and elements that uh, cross over. And comparing the two of them now, the luster on Tomorrowland kind of diminishes a bit because this is what it could have been. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly well written. It's beautifully shot. Uh, the cinematography is great. The lighting effects, um, the way they dabble with like you said, light and dark, um, and acting is incredible. I mean, this director's worked with Michael Shannon to all three of his movies he's done. Uh, obviously, they're friends and they really work well together. Um, and again, Michael Shannon, I think, is one of the most underrated actors of our time. I mean, he's been in so much good stuff. He was in uh, he was the best thing in Ninety Nine Homes. Uh, you know, we can. You know, people can talk crap on Man of Steel all they want. He was great in that. He's just been a fantastic person who's kind of overlooked. I mean, in the night before, he as the as the drug dealer, he was the best part of that movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's wonderful. And honestly, I and Joel Edgerton too. Like halfway through the movie, I was sitting there and I was like, "Who the hell is this person?" He's like, I knew who it was, but the last time I saw him was in The Gift, and he just he did a completely different look and a completely different role. And he just full-on immerses himself, you know, into his character so well that you really don't recognize him. It was almost like Nicholas Holt uh, in Mad Max, you know, with half of yeah. the movie, or Kate Winslet in, in Steve Jobs. So, yeah, it's it just, all in all, it's just got some of the, the best, yeah, it's, it's almost like magic. I mean, I, I, there's no other way to describe it. Like, I was sitting in the theater, and honestly, for the first hour even you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on because because <clears throat> it doesn't spoon feed you stuff but you sit there no. figure it out with everyone in the movie is part of what's going on um the only thing that took me out of it and it's not their fault it's like every time adam driver was on screen i kept on seeing kylo red and that's just me because i'm a star wars nerd uh but the first couple times he talks i was like oh it's kylo like, no no it's 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 the like actor it's not the person um but yeah i i love this and after i got out the more i thought about it driving home and talking with you about it now like the more I like it um I don't know if I'm ready to say this is the best movie I've seen all year uh but it's definitely up there it's it's that's exactly where I am too like in terms of a sci-fi movie I think it definitely is and um the only other movie that for me is even close to the same level as Zootopia which I loved quite a bit um but yeah this this just worked so incredibly well and you you said it the performances that these people give uh it it's absolutely fantastic and i if if tomorrowland had pulled its punches a little bit better this is the movie that it would have been and it's it's everything that i that i wanted out of that the the while i I don't want to compare it to Ex Machina um, because it's really a very different kind of film than that. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I, it it really is kind of occupying the same space that Ex Machina did for me last year as that like heady sci-fi, really smart film that is a high watermark for um, not like mainstream Hollywood blockbuster filmmaking. Like I guarantee you, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out over the Jungle Book, I'm gonna flip out over Captain America: Civil War, but uh, Midnight Special is going to stay up there for me as just a really great smart film that I can look back to and be like, 
this is one of those must-see movies for 2016. And I, I just can't praise it enough. And I'm, I'm just so glad that everybody is finally getting a chance to see it. Um, well, in in small amounts, at least. I mean, yeah, there was there was about 20 people in my theater this morning. But granted, it was 11 a.m. on a Sunday, so maybe it was just because you know the time. Yeah, it's it's playing in most of your indie cinemas this week, but you really ought to go out and and check this out while uh, while we're essentially waiting for uh, Captain America: Civil War. So please go check this out. I I gave it a nine and a half out of ten uh, when I reviewed it south by and i'm i'm still right there yeah and uh, i'm at a nine so just you know pretty much right where you are same thing um you, you brought up ex machina and the thing i love about this movie that ex machina did as well is it does ask a lot of questions um it doesn't really give you the answers you got to kind of figure that out for yourself and it's, it's a fun movie that would be cool to go see with friends and then afterwards go sit and discuss because i mean it brings up everything from quantum physics to philosophy to uh, anthropology, uh, religion, and the, the idea of, you know, is there more than us out there? I mean, extraterrestrial life. I mean, there's so much that it doesn't answer, but it, it gives you the questions in such a way that you just have to go out there and find out, you know, what the answers are yourself. Yeah, that's the one thing about this film is it really expects a lot out of you. And if you're one of those people that needs all of the answers spoon-fed to you, you're going to get very frustrated by this movie because expects you to be like, oh, wow, that's a really cool thread. I wish they'd tug at that some more. Nope, we're back to the main narrative. We're back on Alton and the chase, and we're not going to talk about that thing. Even though that would be a really cool rabbit hole to go down, we're not going to deal with that, and you're, it's just going to be left out in the open. And you have to deal with that. You have to deal with the ambiguity and either come up with your own answer or just be like, well, I guess that detail wasn't relevant to the main storyline and we have to be okay with that. Yeah, you, you got to work for this movie a little bit. It's not the one to go sit and turn your brain off. Now, if you want that, go see the boss. <laughs> uh, but no, this, and again, there's nothing wrong with a turn your brain off, have fun movie. I mean, oh know, no, we both love Jurassic World, but that was definitely, you know, to sit there like eat popcorn going yay yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah this is very much uh, a thinking movie and if you're not in the mood to do that definitely go see something else definitely cool um well that's it for this week again it was two movies you know one mediocre one obviously great please go see a midnight special it's really really good uh tell your friends bring them along have a fun time with it uh next week we've got everybody wants some uh which is by Linklater, richard Linklater, and the I guess you'd say spiritual successor to Dazed and Confused. Yeah. So the Dazed and Confused was very 70s. This is very 80s, but it's also very Austin. So yay, Austin movies. We'll go. <laughs> there you go. Um, cool. And then also the Jungle Book will be coming out. I'm going to have to rely on you for that because I will have to work through our screening. So I will try to check it out next weekend so we can talk about it. Um, but until I'm still excited. I'm so excited for this. Like, The Jungle Book is one of my favorite Disney animated movies. Uh, I've been mostly happy with where the Disney live action have gone. I was at first very, very skeptical. Like, why do we need to do this? They announced the voice cast. Early word is good. I'm I'm very excited to see this, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it this week. Yeah, so it's, it looks really cool. I'm excited for it. <clears throat> the first time I saw the trailer, 
uh, I was I was in. So uh, it looks to hopefully be a good week for movies. But yep. until next week, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly